For those of you that do not know me, my name is Morris. 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 <laughs> All right. Or Mo. Whatever you want to call me. Um, but just for the past two, three weeks, actually a bit more, the Lord has just been highlighting Hebrews 11 for me about faith. And it was just like about two weeks ago, most of you were on holiday, and I, I did a sermon of, about um, endurance through faith. And um, if, if you don't remember that title, Two Sets Down and in need of a toilet break. That was the kind of the, um, um, the idea of, I felt the Lord is like calling us, most of us are in a place that we need to endure by faith. And as Hebrews 12 goes about that, there's, uh, um, as we're surrounded by this great, of cloud, this great cloud of witnesses, who is this great cloud of witness? Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, Joshua, them walked around Jericho. By faith, they lived their lives. These people were people just like you and me. The only thing that, that even, like, even if you look at those names mentioned in Hebrews 11, it is um, these people are normal people just like you and me. And the thing that brought them together was their faith. That was the, the, the resembling factor between all of them was faith. That they were a people of faith. And um, I've been um, just meditating on that chapter, Hebrews 11, just going through it. And I said, God, is there any one of these characters, any one of these persons that you want to come and highlight for us that we can um, look at as a congregation? And I was going through it, and, and the Lord speak to me, Noah. I know a guy. <laughs> Noah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and the Lord just... He, he just like that, I, I just kept on with that one verse, and it's, it's in um, Hebrews 11, 11, verse 7. And it goes like this, um, if you want to read with me. It says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, that comes by faith. So Noah gets mentioned here. If I would speak about Noah, you probably have this picture of this, this tub boat with all the animals hanging out. Um, but actually, when you go and look at just what Noah did, it's, it's mind-blowing. And somehow, we are, as kids growing up, we have made this picture that Noah is just a fairy tale. But this really happened. There was really a flood, and there was really a guy who built a very big boat, <laughs> and he did it by faith. Why? Why did he do this? And why does God want us to actually look at his life? Now, here's what I, what I felt. I believe we are currently entering a time, and we're probably there already, individually and corporately, that what the Lord is calling us towards will have to do by faith. This is the words that I've heard. That we are in it, and probably some of us are entering in, that whatever the Lord is calling us to do, will have to do by faith. Otherwise, we'll fall short. I believe it's a time where we will say, Gavin... By faith, doiki, doiki, doiki. By faith, Luke, doiki, doiki. By faith, Michaela. By faith, James. By faith, what is God speaking to you? What is He calling to you individually? And what is He speaking to us corporately as a congregation? But before we get to that, I want to just um, look at the Scripture, and then we're going to jump into Genesis 6, and we're going to look at Noah. And, um, and then um, I'll see, I wanted to put in a Noah joke here, but I thought, <laughs> let's keep it serious here. <laughs> um, let's focus on what the Lord wants to do. But um, Hebrews 11 verse 7, it, it starts off by faith. Now, what is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now um, faith is the assurance of things hopeful and the conviction of things not seen. And as I've been looking at that scripture, I've been like, what is faith? And I've been looking at the scriptures like, what is faith? 
So it says, by faith, by what's this that Noah did this thing? And um, if you look at the words that's used, I'm going to sort of give you a summary of, of what, I, what, I, what I've seen just in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Um, faith is to, comp- is to be completely sure. It's something that's really believable. <laughs> it, faith is to be completely sure of who God is. There's like that absolutely surety that He is who He says He is. If He says, I'm the healer, He is the healer. If He says, I'm the provider, He's the provider. To be completely sure of who God says He is in our lives. And then, what He has said, exactly that He will do. So, if you look at these stories, true faith is never passive. Just listen to this. True faith, Moses, oh, not Moses, sorry. <laughs> my eyes, <laughs> I've got the head wiggler. True faith, true faith moves us to act, to do, to try, to bolt, to, ex- to attempt, to ex- expand, to say no to sin, yes to righteousness, to join, to speak out, to move forward, to dare to dream beyond our means and walk around Jericho again and again until at last the walls coming tumbling down. These are just a few things, out, even out of Hebrews 11. It's like true faith. It gets you stepping out. It gets you moving. So truth to be completely sure of who God is, what he has said he will do, and that surety is the substance of that thing we are hoping for. That, say, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord for, um, oh, it's the end of the month, and actually it was been a t- stuff broke, and financially it's really, how are we going to buy food? And, 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 you, and you're in that moment, you go into that moment for exactly, with ex- completely sure of who He is that He's the provider. And that he's able to provide. So I'm hoping, it's not like I'm hoping the Springboks will win the All Blacks when they play. That's not the type of hope I'm speaking about. It's a, it's a hope in life as we live. In a sense, like the, the absolutely sure of his integrity, who he is as a person in that situation. That he is who he says he is. That if he has called me to do, he will do what he has called me to do. He will actually do that, to be sure of that. It's the substance of that thing that we hope for. It is evidence. It's the ability to see something that at this moment seems invisible. That surety enables you to see something that you cannot see in the natural. And now we look at Noah. It's a crazy story. When last did you read about Noah? I mean, if you're kids, you read it many times <laughs> in the kids' Bible. Um, but it, when last did you read it in your own Bible? You can find the story in Genesis 6, 7, and 8, and 9. But let's, let's, let's continue with this. Um, it goes like, by faith, Noah. Who was Noah? All right. Um, Genesis 6. I'm going to jump between the scriptures, so please, um, hopefully you'll be able to follow me. Um, but Genesis 6 speaks, gives us a little glimpse of who Noah is. Okay, so it says, verse 9, there, these are the generation of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Righteous, he lived to please God. Blameless, he had integrity with people. He walked with God. All right. And then if you jump one verse back, it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah was somebody that had favor with God. He was a righteous man. His life pleased God. And it says that he had integrity with the people around him. But you know what's interesting about this? If you read the context of where Noah lived, 
it's like he stood alone. He stood alone. It was complete contrast to the people around him, the, the, the time that he was living in. Just want to read a few verses. Verse 11, it says, The earth was corrupt in God's sight. Remember, I said Noah, in God's eye, found favor, but the earth was corrupt. So God was looking, he was looking at a man who was walking with him and has found favor that, that had a life that pleased God. And then he looked at the world and it was corrupt, it was violent. Let's just read on. Um, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt and for all flesh had corrupted away on the earth. And then God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence. Um, through them, behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Because Noah was walking with God, he was the only one that God was talking to in that moment. There's no other reference where God is speaking to anyone else. The person that God is speaking to is the one that is walking with him. And God was looking upon this people and he says, Ah, oh, it's, it's ugly in my sight. But there's a man, Noah. There's a man, Noah. He's not conforming to what's happening around him. He's actually, at this stage, Noah was 600 years old. <laughs> Imagine, I mean, we have about 80 years to walk with God. <laughs> Those of you that might go a bit older. <laughs> but in average, it's like 80 years. Noah was walking with God for 600 years. He walked with God. It means like he had a life that was pleasing God. All right. So I, I gave it away. So there's three things I want to highlight from Noah's life. He walked with God, he worked, and he witnessed. Okay, three things. I could put in a fourth one, worship, but I'll keep it to three. He, he walked with God. Um, so I want to show you just how he was different and, and how, was, how he was actually the only guy that God was speaking to because he was walking with God. So he walked with God because... In a sense, everything about him is like, it's like he was righteous. He lived before God. He was the only person that God was speaking to in that moment. And you know what? Sometimes we are so, God, please speak to me. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Are you walking with him? Because if you walk with him, you will hear his voice. In chaos, in violence, in there was a man... That was walking with God, and he heard the voice of God. What was God saying to him? He says, it's corrupt. I want you to build a boat. All right. God, a boat. Build a boat. I mean, we're 160 kilometers away from any water. You want me to build a boat here? I, this is me. If I got that instruction, it's like, God, <laughs> 160 kilometers away, from water. How do you want me? And like, and he says, use gopher wood. Okay. Now try and look up gopher wood. There is not a thing like that anymore. It's probably, Noah used all of the gopher wood. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Some trans, <laughs> I mean, you don't get that type of wood anymore. <laughs> so it's all Noah's fault if you don't find gopher wood anymore. But some people think it's a cedar kind of wood. But I mean, for, Noah, it's like he's getting this instruction. God is saying, build a boat. I mean, everybody, everybody is like living their lives in violence. Yes, a man alone that needs to build this boat that is 150 meters long. That is about, I think, 20, 30 meters high and um, about 20 meters wide. So this thing was huge. It wasn't that tough boat that you saw in your kid's Bible. It was huge. I mean, he used up all the gopher wood to build this thing. <laughs> and, and it took him, this, it's, the Bible is not clear actually how long it took him. But if you look at the age of his children, when his children was born, and some clues, 
so the, the clever people, they figure out it took him anything between 75 years and 100 years to build this ark. So God asked this man that was walking with him to, to do a work. To do a work, not just of one day of obedience. It was a long obedience. It took him 75 years to obey God, to build this boat that is 160 kilometers away from the water. And God says, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rain. It's like, what is rain? They haven't seen rain. It's like, it's everything that God is speaking to, it doesn't make sense. And I would probably, if I was in his shoes, it's like, God, I don't understand. But by faith, Noah, in reverent fear, in worship, constructed a boat. Exactly how God has told him. He had three layers, like one, two, three, and one door. Put pitch on the inside. You know what's interesting? That word pitch that was used there is the same root word for atonement. It's never, ever used again. That only one place, it's the same word. If you look that word up, it's atonement through the scriptures. And he put pitch, that which kept the water out of the world. And you get where I'm going. It's like, I thought this, this line, and I thought, oh, this is actually, Noah was in a boat in the water, but the water wasn't in him. Something of what God did, the water didn't come into him, but he was in the times. And it brings me to the, um, before we go to the third thing, is Noah walked with God. He did the work of obedience for a very long time. I mean, God tells you, go tell somebody on the street he loves him. But imagine he tells you, you need to do that for 75 years, even if this person ignores you flat. You come, it's like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> imagine if that obedience take that type of, 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 of extremeness. Like, imagine waking up every morning, getting on your boots. I don't know what he wear, probably sandals or something. Getting his axe that he made out of a stone. Let's go chop a gopher tree. Okay, bring it back. For 75 years, he did that. Just chipping away at all the gopher trees to build an ark. Build a boat because God has said. Because God has said. What has God said to you that you have not done yet? What has He said to you that you are afraid of? Because, I mean, all the talk of faith, it's maybe with some of us actually sit with things that you're really afraid of. That you're afraid of, of stepping out, and you need faith to do that. You need faith. Remember two weeks ago, some of you weren't here, so you can go and listen. I'm not going to go into that. But faith, he is the, um, Hebrews 12, verse 2, he's the founder and he's the perfecter of our faith. So our faith starts in Jesus, looking to Jesus. So if you need faith, you need to look to Jesus. Now, if you read through Genesis, you never read of Noah's sons that had faith. It's just speaking about Noah's faith. So if you don't have faith, look to Jesus and get close to people that has faith <laughs> so that you can come into a place of faith. So seventy-five years he obeyed God every day, doing something that doesn't make sense. God's gonna flood the earth. How's that gonna work? I don't care. I'm just gonna follow his voice. I'm just gonna obey him. And how did he hear God's voice? By walking with God. It's not just about hearing his voice. Some people just, I, I want to hear God's voice, but they don't want to have a relationship with the one who's speaking. And you need both. It's not just about hearing God speaking. It's about knowing the one who is speaking, the one that is calling you to do something. Noah had both. And then because he walked with God, and because he did the work of obedience that took him Every day of his life, of the 600, <laughs> that 75 years plus of his life, his life was a witness. First Peter, 
Ach no, sorry, 2 Peter 2 verse 5, it says, um, just there's a portion, Noah, a preacher of righteousness. So Noah, through the life that he was living, to the times he was living in, was a preacher of righteousness. His sermon was three words, it's going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> and he was going around preaching this sermon of what God has told him to do. <laughs> I don't know if he did actually did that, but I was thinking like Noah's on this boat, he's building, and guys laughing at us like, Noah, what are you doing? I have this picture, it's not in the Bible, but we had this kids thing with the kids that we watch where they come by while he's building, working on this ark, and, and then it's like, Noah, what are you doing? No, it's gonna rain. <laughs> Right? What is that? I mean, what do you mean? No, no, I don't know. But God said it's going to flood. You should turn to him. <laughs> I don't know if he said that. But here in First, Second Peter, it says he was a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher of come and live a life that will please God. Right. Oh, there's so much I can say, like even verse, verse 7, just the amazing thing how God actually brought the animals to the boat, how he paired them up, how, um, <laughs> you almost hold myself here, I won't tell a joke, but I'm not going to tell it now. Um, he just go look Noah's jokes, it's crazy, it's funny how these things are, but anyway, so he's like, he's all these things, um, I mean, I was just, I was reading Genesis 7, just the water covered, it wasn't like a flood that we would think, like when it flooded in KwaZulu-Natal, this type of flood covered the mountains. Imagine Wellington, the water is so high that it covers the mountains, the highest mountains. And I think it needs to be deep enough that Noah's Ark can move over it also. It's, it's just, it's a mass of water that covered. And God, God had this one door, this one entrance and there's so many pictures of how Jesus and the church is like Jesus actually became that. And there's one door that's through Jesus that we can enter in. Into, um, it's in um, Hebrews 11, it's 7, it says, For the saving of his household, he did this. In obedience, but also for the saving of his household. And, you know, it's just amazing how God has, did, how, how he did all of this. And, there's so many things that you can pull through, but there's three, two things that I feel for us out of the story of Noah. Um, I said that one line um, in the beginning, and then I also want to, like, even I want to give an, an invitation this morning. And I'm, after I've shared, <clears throat> I'm going to warn you now of the invitation that I'm going to give. And then, then I'm going to share a few things. And then I want you to respond. I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. And God promised in, in um, Genesis that he will never, ever send a flood. And he gave the rainbow. And he said, never again I will send a flood like this again. I will not destroy the earth. And he made a covenant with Noah because it was crazy. I mean, he destroyed everything with that flood. It's just Noah and, and the animals on the boat that, that survived. But you know, there will come a day that we will all stand before God's judgment seat. And God will ask us, why should I allow you into my heaven? And there's only one door. And that's through Jesus. That will keep the water of the world out. The pitch. The atonement through Jesus' blood. That will keep the water out of us, the life to actually live a life, to be to give us the, the ability to say no to sin. That we'll be able to, it's not, it's not your works, so it's like Jesus, I built a boat for you. <laughs> now, do you have my son? And I wanna, before I go into what God is speaking to us as a congregation, I want to say, if you are here this morning and you do not know Jesus. If we read the story of Noah, we see how God feels about sin. It is horrible. It, it, for God, the, the sin is it's, it's ugly. It is, it's, it's not something that He loves. 
But he put all of his wrath and his anger. Just imagine how angry he was to flood the whole earth. Just imagine the anger that he put on his son. On his son. So that we don't have to die that death. Jesus died in our place for our sins. And this, mo- this morning, I want to, if you're here this morning and do not know Jesus, there's one thing all of us will not escape. And it's one day we'll stand before the throne of heaven and we will enter in through Jesus, the only door. And if we don't have him, it doesn't matter if you lived a good life. I was one of those people. I mean, I was so squeaky clean. Oh, I thought I was squeaky clean. I was a good person. I thought I, would, I was going to heaven until I heard you actually need to repent and be baptized, give your life to Jesus. And it's not just about going to church and going, doing good things. It's about knowing the Lord through Jesus. Maybe you've been in church your whole life and you don't know Him. I want to say this morning is your opportunity. And I'm preaching this with faith. Because God said, I'm going to send the harvest. And I'm going to keep on sharing this until the Lord is going to bring those in. Um, So that's the one thing. So think about it. If you're here this morning and you know that God is speaking to you and you need to respond this morning, giving your life, surrendering to Jesus, I'm going to give an opportunity just a bit for you to respond. Then individually, as you are walking with God, there are things that God will call you to do. I ask God many times, God, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure this is what you are saying to us? Because I don't want to come and stand here and say, Lord, you are calling us to things that will need faith if that's not what you are doing. And I was like, God, I was, and every time I just sense there's something in the Lord's heart for us that He is going to speak to individuals, individuals, individuals <laughs> and He's going to ask you to do something that will require faith. Trust in Him. Maybe He has already done that. And I want, to, I want to encourage you, if you have to be like Noah, to step out and do that, that you will. Obviously, there's wisdom. So hear me right here. I'm, st- I'm calling you to be crazy. Okay. But in the multitude of counselors. So... Submit to your leaders what you feel the Lord is calling. Let others pray with you. But I don't want us to be so fearful in doing what God is calling us to do that we don't do that. So there is, there is that balance in a sense of stepping out and doing. And that could be something that's a momentary thing. Like I want you to step across the room and go and tell somebody that Jesus loved them. It can be something going to pray for somebody that is sick. Over the holidays I watched a video of, of a boy under the ministry of A.A. Allen. This boy's hands were shriveled up like this. His tongue was hanging to the side of his, I mean, everything about this, his legs, he didn't have feet. The mom brought this boy to one of A.A. Allen's meetings. And um, for three days, she sat there, and she had nobody prayed for this boy. Till one day she came and she said, I don't have any money to stay in the hotel anymore. I, I don't have any money to be here. And it was the last day. And, and this one guy, I can't pronounce his name. He was there in the meeting. And, he, and, he, and he's telling the story. It's like this lady, she, she told him, I only have $20 on my, on my name. That's all money I have. And that evening they, they took up offering. And this lady ran to the front and she threw in that $20. But it wasn't about the money. It was just the faith. It was, God, I need you to come and do something in my child's life. And as, as A. Allen took that child in his hand, the, the boy's mouth, jumped, the, the tongue jumped back into to, 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 to his mouth. His arms turned straight in front of everyone's eyes. And I listened to that story. I mean, his leg grew back. I listened to that story and said, God... I want to I walk with that faith. I want to I I see that move of God in our time, in this time. Now, I've prayed for many people, and I've seen God heal, and I've seen many times where there's nothing happening. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> we pray again. 
<laughs> we do this again. But this is a time of where we actually will need faith to trust for people to get out of wheelchairs. To trust for people to get, to, for blind eyes to be open, for deaf ears to hear. Why? And this is what I'm saying. That Josh Jane, we as a church, and this is what I feel corporately what the Lord is saying. is It's like we are not, Josh Jane does not exist for Josh Jane. This church does not exist for you. In a way, yes, but no. This is not a place where we come and feel like uh, when we worship goosebumps, yeah. We hear the prophetic, yeah. And it's like, oh, it's like this is my people, yeah. And it's like, it's not for you. This church exists for the glory of God and to make disciples of all nations. So when we trust for healings, it's not for us. When we trust for a move of faith in our midst, it's not, it doesn't exist for us. It is so that His glory can go out and so that the disciples, disciples will be made in, in all of the earth. I believe that some of you will actually have to get your passports ready. I finally got mine. Remember in the beginning of the year, I said, you need to keep me accountable? I have my passport. Some of us are going to travel to other nations. And the faith that God is calling you to walk in here is the faith that you will walk in those nations. God is calling us to out of just gewoonweg christenskap. Where you just need, you actually know, you, you don't need faith to live the life that you're living. You don't need faith just to go through your day. You can just wing it. Where to that place is, God, if you don't come through, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> I need you right now. A life that is dependent upon Him. Overcoming sin that's been chasing you down the whole life. And you just like, for what? By faith, He enables you to say no to that sin. By faith, He enables you to say no to that desire in your heart that keeps on luring you into that hole. By faith, overcoming depression. And, you know, I've grown up in a house, some of you have heard the story now, but I've grown up in a house where stuff wasn't always easy. <laughs> and I lived many of my days by faith. And my problems didn't go away. So even it, it took me, I don't know, 18, 18 years in the house that I had to live some of those times I didn't know God and some of it I did. The times that I did know God was amazing, being in that situation. So somehow the water didn't get into me, but I was in the situation. But God is able to change the situation. So whatever He's calling you to do, and I think that's where the, the key is, is walking with Him. So that He will say, Boris, yeah, bow <laughs> boot. Okay, and he actually did that. He did tell me to build a boat. And I said, I said this in earlier in the year. I said, God told me, prepare the vessel. I'm going to send the harvest. And I was like, oh God, are you sure? <laughs> you, you see, you motors here. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I need faith. I need faith. And so for this next season, just Jane, we don't exist. So what? for ourselves we exist for his glory so what i'm seeing is i want to i'm trusting lord for our communities to represent to reflect who jesus is that if you walk into one of our wednesdays walk into our sundays that you will see jesus that you will encounter that we have this thing the abcs that in in the life of the church that the values of of the church will be lived out that we will be a people that's abiding who who is devoted to the scriptures devoted to prayer um Living a spirit-led life. Holy Spirit, lead me. People that's abiding in Jesus. The bee, belonging. That a people where there's, the lonely is brought into family. That people that comes in that will find a family. I have faith for that. I have faith that, that, that we would see our, our, our family life grow to such a place that somebody would walk in. And they would be on a Wednesday evening and you'd be able to be prayed for. And, and, and it's like, who prayed for you? I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> It's not about a name. It's about a people of faith that are trusting the Lord for amazing things and big things. And then a place where we are not just pew warmers and we sit in a chair on a Sunday. We come to listen to a sermon, listen to, a, to some worship worth. But 
that it's a place where each one of us has a part to play. Where each one of us has a part to play. Whether it is giving financially, whether it is praying for the sick, whether it's just being there and just hold somebody when they're going through a very difficult time. Each one of us has a part to play. Maybe on a Wednesday, you've never prophesied in your life. Maybe by faith. You need to step out and you need to speak what God is speaking to you. That's what I'm dreaming. I have a dream. I can't make this by myself. But I know he said, prepare the vessel. I'm going to send the harvest. And I'm, I want to tell you, I think this, it's going to rain. <laughs> it's, there's, going to, there's going to come rain. I can't see it yet. But he said, prepare so long. Because there's rain coming. There is, there's a harvest coming. And I don't want us to be caught what, unvorbereid, unawares of what God wants to come and do. So I feel like a general here now. Derek Joskold. Do you hear what I'm saying, guys? It's, it's like, this is, this is not just a message to feel, help you feel good. It's like I'm calling us to a place of believing God. I'm calling us to a place to, to trust Him for what He said He will do. And it's going to be, some of these things will be crazy. So I know you are busy raising your children. And that's crazy at many times. I know you have a job that takes a lot of time. I know you may be in school or in some college or something, and it takes some time of you. But in the midst of this, walk with God. Do the work that He's called you to do. And as you walk with Him, let your life witness of righteousness of who He is. Derek wants to. Sorry, Ma. I just want to tag with Mo quickly. Um, sure, I've been many years in Jostian, about my 12th year now, and only twice have I felt the Lord for me to almost interrupt the message. Um, one was with Russell Fraser, and again now, as you were preaching, Mo, um, you know, Anil said something. She said uh, the words came to be a heavy word. Um, you've, you've done, you've, you've really done well in the spirit to deliver what I believe God is saying, Mo. But I, I want to add something to us that I believe is a warning in God, and I can't shake it from me. So, when I was talking about the ark the whole time, it's like in the spirit I could see myself as nowhere inside this ark building building this ark. But the people that were helping him build, because you must understand, to build a ship of this size, you need more than just Noah and his sons. So he must probably employ people to help him build this book. But the people that were helping building him, I heard two words, mumbling and grumbling. And the whole time I've been sitting here in my chair, I hear these words, mumbling and grumbling, mumbling and grumbling. And I felt the Lord say to me, Mo, that I need to caution some of us amongst us over here. And the Lord took me back about, sure, about nine years ago, I was in the elders' meeting. You will remember this, Miss, probably, Mo, we were in Sunningdale. And Andrew Sally got up, who is the apostolic input into this life of this church. And he really rebuked and corrected the elders sitting here there and he he said to them he said he said to them he said he says i believe god wants us to build something i believe the lord wants us to build god wants us to build and i would rather build with 10 good men than 200 of you men sitting here who are not in unity with the way i build and, and, you know, I, when I was sitting over here and I was listening, Mo, and I was sitting and I was saying, okay, the Lord wants to take us somewhere. Uh, it's a direction. It's going to take faith. God wants us to take us somewhere. But I believe there's some of us that have mumbled and grumbled in the way the leadership builds in the life of this church. You've built a theology around different things. You've opened your ears to different things, and you build differently, but you don't build with, there's a mumbling and the grumbling. And, and, and I want to caution us, because sometimes 
uh, as leaders in the life of the church, we've got to make decisions. We've got to build things the way we build communities, uh, the way we, we do things. We've got to build in a certain way. And, and it's not always that you can have everybody in agreement with the way you build. And, you know, while I was speaking, I, I saw the, 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 you know, the door that Noah lifted. As he started to lift the door, these words, there come a day when the, my mercy ends and the door is lifted. And some of those that helped build will be on the outside. Some of, some of us, I believe the Lord will have you on the outside push that door up because of your heart and the way you built. Now, you know, Mo, I, I, I really, I, I've long lost, felt such a, a strong word in my heart of warning. You know, you can help build in the life, and we build the house of the Lord. Unless the Lord builds, the laborers build in vain. And we build this house uh, under the direction of God as elders and deacons in the life of the church as we give direction to the church. But I want to caution you in the way that you posture your heart in the way we build church in the life of this church. And I know this is really a, 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 a weighty correction in the Lord, and, and I can get Mo to, to maybe soften it a little bit. But I want, you to, I want you to hear my heart this morning. I really want to caution you. I believe the Spirit of God wants to caution you. If you have mumbled and you have groaned or you have grumbled or you have not agreed with the way the leadership in this church builds this church or you have had things to say about it, um, you're potentially building with but when the door closes, you're going to be on the outside. And you know, when the Israelites, you must say, Derek, we, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were all delivered. Do you agree? Every one of them were delivered. But many died in the desert because of mumbling and grumbling. And they never came into the promised land. They were all with Moses. They all walked out. God delivered them. God took them out of bondage. And they were all invited into Canaan land. Every single one of them were invited. But those that mumbled and grumbled along the way eventually died in the desert and were left on the outside of the land of Canaan. So, yeah, with, hear my heart as, as an elder in the life of this church. Hear my heart. Uh, the Lord wants to do something. God wants to build in a direction, Mo. The Lord is taking us in a direction. And, 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 you know, if it means that he's got to cut some of our branches to bring us to the fruitfulness of a people of faith, then so let it be. And, and I love that about Andrew in the beginning days of Josh Jen, where he didn't try to build numbers and build big congregations. And, you know, we, you know Josh Jen's the new flavor. We, we are. We are the fastest growing I think church movement, most probably in South Africa and possibly the world, Andrew will tell you that. We have hundreds of churches boy, um, um, wanting to come into us. But the problem with people coming into us, they bring their flavor with us and they, they start to dilute what God wants to do. And so I really, you know, in my heart this morning, I just feel, I've been reading that scripture where it says, preach the word, uh, rebuke correct. And in a, in a recent leaders meeting, uh, Andrew said this, is if you're not correcting people, you're not leading them well. And I don't want to sit there as an elder in the life of the church and be responsible to God one day where he said to me, Derek, you never said anything. You, you sensed it in the spirit. God spoke to you clearly about it, but you said nothing. You kept quiet. And so I trust that you hear my heart this morning that what I'm saying to you is from a heart of loving you and, and, and wanting to make sure. And, and we're as leadership in this church, but never be afraid when we hear or we hear we believe it's God to stand up and speak. And this word can be weighed afterwards by the rest of the elders. 
they can weigh this word, and that's the safety in the way we lead church, in the life of the church, is Mo and Pete and these will weigh what I've said this morning. And if what I've said this morning isn't in the Lord, I know that they will ask me to say, okay, you know, you get up and you say, Derek, you need to correct this or you need to correct that. That's the safety in the way we lead church. So just because I'm an elder in the life of the church and saying this doesn't mean to say, this is God. I believe it's the Lord. I really urgently believe it's the Lord this morning. And I believe this is part of the weight that I think God wanted to bring in this morning and that the, the Lord asked Neil this morning to pray on two different accounts and say, pray through this thing. But God is building, like Noah built the ark, God is building His church. And He will only have His church a certain way more. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I, I mean, we didn't plan this. It was <laughs> we, it's not like we're aware of something. And that's why we're saying this. It's actually something of the Lord. So, uh, you know, I, I said last night, and like, why, why do I want to see this church glorify Jesus and to be a healthy expression? I have no ambition for anything, to get anything out of this. I'm here to lay my life down for Jesus. I have no, I have no desire to see anything that what happens here to bring Morris any... I, I have no desire, like any ambition. There's no ambition in me but for what he wants to come and do in our midst. And what I know is that he told me is prepare the vessel. I'm going to send the harvest. I don't know how it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I believe that there are things that we need to do. Prepare the vessel. And there's things that he's going to do. He's going to send the harvest. He's going to send. Like with Noah, he sent in the animals. He brought the animals. And I believe there's something of that in the Lord. It's like. Yes, it's nice to be a part of a family and just sit in a, in, in a chair, but God is calling you to action. He's calling you to that place where He wants you to walk out your faith. And we are stronger with each one of you here by faith. Where we will go with each one is further than where we will go alone. And we need each one of us to, 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 to walk with God. To do the work of obedience that He's calling you to do. And to witness. Be a preacher of, of righteousness, of who He's calling us to be. So it's heavy, but it's glorious. Because that's what glory is. It's weighty. <laughs> it's, 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 it's heavy. It is not just Mickey Mouse... Um, <laughs> marshmallow God type goeders. <laughs> it is God is real, and when He speak, it is something. So I think in response, maybe you're visiting. It's like, what did I walk into this morning? <laughs> I want to tell you, it's okay. <laughs> I think there's levels of 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 where the Lord would call us to action. So if you came in here this morning, God is calling you, hey, will you just step in a bit more and give of yourself? For some it is like, hey, you've been actually, I mean, you've been praying for the six in oh no, not the six, the sick. <laughs> you've been praying for the sick in years to, and you stopped. Or you were very generous at a point, but you stopped giving. Maybe there was disappointment. Maybe there were things that actually, or you actually something happened. You got offended, and 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 you you start grumbling and murmuring. I don't know, but I want to call us to a place of response this morning, to a place where where you can can say, Lord, I'm sorry, or Lord, here I am. I'm putting on my boots. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to do the work of obedience. And I want to be a witness for you in this valley. I want to be part of what you're building. Remember, he's building. He's just using living stones. He's using each one of us as we come with faith. Imagine a stone that, that this builder is building in, but the thing is like, ah, I don't want to go in there. I just, <laughs> and this thing is alive, and it's just like, don't put me in there. No, put me in here. I want to be here. It's like, it's like, no, let him build you in where he wants you. <laughs> Be a living stone is, is surrendered in his hand. Sorry for that sound. <laughs> but I saw this picture of this mouth on this rock saying, no, I don't want to go there. It's like, I, <laughs> and I think some of us actually, 
are like that, in, in like laying our lives down. It's like, I don't want it, Lord, no, no, no. Yeah, let it be comfortable for me. Yeah, yeah, there's all these things. That's, this is what I want. And, and it's not about what I want. It's not about what I want to see for the church. It's what God wants for. And you know what? What I'm feeling is not different than what Andrew's feeling. If you speak to Andrew, it's healthy, healthy New Testament People that runs flat out for Jesus, for the glory of Jesus. This is what, it, this is not Moses, this is part of who we are as a church. We have 40 congregations all over, but this is the heart, to, to glorify Jesus and to make disciples for, for His name's sake and give ourselves for that. All right, so when all this started, I said, if you're here this morning and you want to give your life to Jesus, I'll, before I call for that, I just, if if I can just ask, maybe everyone close your eyes. Or just If you're here this morning and, and you haven't given your life to Jesus, maybe you're a visitor here this morning and you want to respond this morning. You want to say, Jesus, I don't want to stand there that day and not have Jesus in my life. I want to surrender my life to Jesus and I want to ask, Lord, that you will forgive my sins and that, that you will save me. Is there anyone here today, before we move on, I just want to give an opportunity for that. Anybody that wants to give their life to Jesus this morning? All right. Just one more, one more moment. Okay. All right. It seems like there's no one today. Amen. All right. So what I want to call us to in the responses... We prayed this on Wednesday. We said, Lord, send those who do not believe to our Sundays and send us to those who do not believe. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm trusting that even that you will put out your faith to trust the Lord, to bring somebody, to share your faith with somebody. Yeah, do what you can do. We can speak. We can share of what Jesus has done in our lives. And I, I want to encourage us as a congregation, let's do that. Let's contend for those who do not know Jesus, because there will be a day that the door closes, And then Jesus is going to ask us, <laughs> what did you do about this message that I've given you? What did you do? Did you keep silent or did you obey me? You don't need God to speak to you in a vision to go and share the gospel. He has already done that. <laughs> He's already done that. So I give you permission <laughs> to go and share about who Jesus is. He is amazing. All right. Now I want to call us to a place of response to what Derek said. If you know there's any, I'm not going to put things out. Maybe you want to just stand this morning and say, Jesus, I want to make my life count. Maybe you want to stand and repent of something, and you want to bring, say, Lord, I've grumbled, I've moaned. Lord, please forgive me. Maybe there's an offense, or maybe there's something. I don't know what, what would be the area of response. All I know is I want to call us to a place, like you know, what is that by faith that you want to do this morning? And you want to respond and say, Jesus, that. So if, if you want to respond this morning, please stand with me, whichever way. It's like, God, I want my life to be counted. I want to be part of what you want to build. Or if you want to repent, if you want to do all of them in one, go for it. But let's, I want to pray for us. Before I pray, I want you to just pray there where you are. If you need to repent, do it now. If you need to forgive, forgive now. If you need to, I don't know, what, whatever the Lord's laying on your heart right now. I just want to give a moment for that, and then I want to pray for us.